Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 11. What should I compare this generation to? It's like the children in the marketplace. They're playing the ancient Simon Says type game where you're supposed to dance when the flute plays and you're supposed to beat your chest in grief, some manuscripts say, when, when the, the song of lament is sung, but you're not doing it. All right, this is, he's likening this to, you guys reject John the Baptist and you reject me. When you went out to listen to, to uh, like when you, when you went out to, to, to the wilderness to, to find John the Baptist, what did you see? Did you see a reed swaying the wind? Uh, what then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, those who wear soft clothes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. So he says, he affirms John the Baptist's ministry while John the Baptist's prophets or disciples are going out of earshot. So this was this word of hope that John the Baptist was hoping to receive. This affirmation that he was, he craved, that he needed. And, and Jesus knew this. What he gave him was exactly right. Look, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those with leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. He has just affirmed to John, yes, I am the real deal. Your whole life has not been forfeit. And yet John would remain in prison until his head was cut off because of a petty dispute among the Herod, Herodian family. Now, this teaching expresses on Jesus' behalf, like Jesus is expressing the, the, the frustration with the people who reject both John and him, Jesus. Verse 18 is where I want to zoom in. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say, he has a demon. The son of man, that's Jesus, came eating and drinking. And they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. If there's, if there's no way you can win with people, don't play their game. Okay, if they're going to criticize you no matter what you do, then you do what God told you. Okay, if they're if, if, like in a given cause du jour, this is one of the dangers of filming devotions and things like that ahead of time and having them sent out is that it's possible as I record on this date and you watch on another date that something may have hit the headlines that I cannot now possibly have foreseen, right? The time is currently 12.49 p.m. on October 19th, 2022. And so uh, it's not possible for me as a non-time traveler to know what you currently know as you see this. But I do know this, that this word of God is still true. When the cause du jour pops up and there's no way to win, Okay, if you're considered uncompassionate, if you stand by the word of God, if you're considered, you know, a sappy bleeding heart, if you show godly compassion, you, you do whatever in that scenario the word of God tells you to do. You're going to catch flack from both sides, but they're both wrong. You, uh, look, if John the Baptist who lived his life according to the Nazareth vow, hence the, he, ne he neither ate nor drank, right? When it says neither eating nor drinking, it doesn't mean that John is on a lifelong miraculous fast. Rather, read the story of John the Baptist. Luke chapter two tells you his whole backstory. It's really, really incredible. His, uh, his father, his father, Zechariah, was told uh, by an angel in the Holy of Holies, 
on the Day of Atonement, while he walked in to make this sacrifice, that he was going to have his son, John the Baptist. And then because Zach, you know, Zechariah had the, you know, because he pushed back and because he asked questions, he, ended, he walks out and he ends up not able to speak, you know, uh, until later on. And then his mother, likewise, is just this godly woman. They're, they're, they're amazed at what happens. Their son is John the Baptist, and she goes to visit Mary. And then the baby, John the Baptist, leaps within her womb. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. We know through the course of the prophetic nature of John the Baptist's birth that he would live the Nazareth lifestyle. Okay, This Nazareth vow is something you've seen before if you've read, studied the book of Samuel and his backstory. If you know about Samson, Samson's kind of a... It's kind of the worst example of a Nazareth ever, but God still used him, right? That's why he wasn't supposed to cut his hair, why he, uh, he wouldn't eat certain things. Uh, he would never walk through graveyards. Um, you know, he would never drink alcohol. That was a stipulation for the Nazareth. And so when it says John came neither eating nor drinking, he's living out the Nazareth vow, not as in Nazarene, as from the town of Nazareth, but Nazarite, as in like this is a, a priestly vow that would consecrate a child to the Lord from birth through, through, uh, through his whole life. Uh, we studied Acts and we saw Paul temporarily take a Nazareth vow. Well, people would look at John the Baptist, not wearing soft clothes, wearing camel hair and eating locusts and wild honey. He wasn't eating normal food and he would never drink alcohol. But then Jesus would eat and drink with his disciples. When John the Baptist would show up, neither eating nor drinking, but adhering to the Nazareth vow for his life, they said, he has a demon. But then there's Jesus eating and drinking with his disciples, and they call him a drunkard. They call him a glutton. And they would shame him for ministering to the people who needed the gospel the most. He came not to save, it's not the, not the healthy who needed a doctor, but the sick. He came not to save the righteous, but sinners. The tax collectors were exactly the people who needed to hear the gospel from Jesus. They, they needed Jesus. The, the self-appointed righteous thought that they did not need Jesus. They needed him all the more. But to say that he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners, a glutton and a drunkard, it doesn't matter if Jesus abstained completely from, from alcohol and certain foods forbidden by the Nazareth vow, or if he enjoyed them with his disciples. Either way... They were, they, were gonna, they were gonna defy him, they were gonna deny him. But in the end of the day, he's the one who is vindicated by his deeds. Because these critics of Jesus's, who denied both John the Baptist and denied Jesus, calling John the Baptist a demon and calling Jesus a glutton and a drunkard, they were not the ones healing lepers. They were not the ones allowing the lame to walk. They were not the ones raising Lazarus from the dead. They were not the ones allowing the blind to see. Jesus was. In the end, it's Jesus. So if you find yourself in a crossfire, okay? That's not to say the little roadster that my wife and I had <laughs> when we were first married. Wow, can you believe we used to have a car with two seats in it? Um, that is to say, you're catching flack from this angle and from this angle, and you can't make either of them happy. You go right through it, right? They, they denied John the Baptist and they denied Jesus in the end. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. In Jesus's context, this meant defying the Pharisees because he couldn't win with them either way. Now, you emulate your Savior by likewise being vindicated at the end of your days by your deeds. Don't try to make the critics happy. 
It doesn't matter if you play the flute for them, they're not going to dance. It doesn't matter if you sing the lament for them, they're not going to pretend to mourn like the children's game was common in the streets in the marketplace of Jesus' example originally. Like, they're never going to, they're never, they're never going to play according to the rules. So you don't play their game. You adhere to what God said. This kind of harkens back to what Jesus taught us before. Look, don't be afraid of them. Be more afraid of God than you are of them. If they're not going to listen to you, at the end, you will be vindicated. You will be vindicated by your deeds. By your deeds. Jesus certainly was personifying wisdom herself, right? As he, he's, he's, he's living, breathing logos, where he ties himself to the image of Sophia, the personification of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And you emulate him by likewise, living according to godly wisdom and living out a righteous life. You will stand there healed by the gospel and no one can say anything about it. You lead a righteous life so that no one can criticize you. In the end, you will be vindicated.